to happen. And so when I started thinking about this, I started thinking a little bit more about what does Christmas really mean, right? And so what I wanted to ask you guys is this, simply an easy question for you um, as we launch into today's message is, um, what, what is Christmas all about? Okay, so what's Christmas all about? I want to ask a couple of you guys to share with me um, here today. So who wants to tell me what they think Christmas is all about here in the room? Perfect, go ahead, yell it out. Jesus, okay, that's, that's a pretty good answer, right? All right, can anybody beat Jesus? The answer to that is no, okay? <laughs> All right, but yeah, Riley, what do you think? Vacation. Vacation, okay. Yeah, hey, he's being honest. Cool. In the back. <laughs> Sleeping in. Yeah, that's a good one, right? Like, we all like that. Anybody else want to give it a shot? Yeah, Molly. Family? Feeling. Feeling. The, just the feeling. Okay, I got you. I mean, I'm feeling something right now. That's cool. All right, in the very back. <laughs> nice. Special pancakes for breakfast. Um, really quick, I'm going to come to you, Johnny. How many of you guys have a special food like you guys have at Christmas time each year? Carrots. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold on, time out, time out real quick. Let me, I'll get back to my message in just a second. Carrots is never a special food, okay? It should never be revealed and say it's a special food. Okay, Johnny, go ahead. You're the last one. Go ahead. It's about the love, right? Well, Listen, I don't think any of you guys are wrong. As a matter of fact, like I told you, I, I really like YouTube. And, um, well, he nailed it, right? Jesus is the reason for this season. But let's check out what other kids, like kid kids, think Christmas is all about. Check this out. Who was born on the first Christmas? Jack. Jack? Who was Jack? That little skeleton guy. Little skeleton guy. Who was the Virgin Mary? She, she was God's. I mean, she was Jesus' aunt. His aunt. And uh, who was his cousin? Mike. Who was Joseph? Joseph. He was um. He he got married to Mary, but they got like they didn't really want to be together. So then they um. She started to go with God. Oh. On the side? Uh-huh. Did Joseph get mad? Yeah. Who was Joseph? Joseph is uh, Jesus' stepdad. Um, okay, so the first Christmas was obviously a long time ago. And um, there's these two people, and they were like um, in their bedrooms. And this angel came to um, tell them that they were having a baby. And they didn't have a home, so they had to ride a camel. And the three, king, the three wise kings um, came to the stable, and uh, Mary and uh, Joseph had a baby Jesus. And then what did they do? Um, Santa took baby Jesus to a tree, and then they started to decided to to have like a little feast. And what did the three wise men bring baby Jesus? Um, frankincense and myrrh and gold. <gasps> What's frankincense? Um, What's myrrh? I don't know. What's gold? Gold is gold. <laughs> what did 
the Virgin Mary do on the first Christmas? Um, she left out cookies for Santa. Did Santa love Mary's cookies? Uh-huh. What kind of cookies were they? Gingerbread. What did Jesus do when he grew up? He uh, went to heaven. What did he do before that? God bless you. He, he, he told everyone that he's, he's a miracle maker. What kind of miracles have you seen? There's only one. It was today. What happened? I, I, I put a, a warm water napkin, I put it on this eye. What did this eye? Which one? Which one? This eye? I, because you see from the side it looks a little swollen? Yeah. It, it's a star. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if I need to speak now. I think you guys know the message of Christmas now. I think we're in good shape. Uh, realistic. I love that, right? Like, I love hearing kids tell the story. Like, if you ask Milo what the story of Christmas is, she'll tell you Jesus' birthday, but then she'll also tell you presents and everything else. And it's been a lot of fun, like, being a dad now who is, um, has a toddler who's kind of starting to understand a little bit more, who also is just really interested in the Christmas trees and everything else going on. And so I was thinking about this reason for the season and everything that comes along with that, right? Like, like there's supposed to be joy, there's supposed to be peace, and, and you know, of course, the gift of baby Jesus. Um, and all these things are true. They're all about the Christmas season. But what if we start to think about this a little bit differently? What if we start to think about the reason we want all these things, the reason we long for all these things at the Christmas season, maybe it's because realistically, like, some of this is true about your life. Maybe the reason you love the Christmas season is because, you know, we long for joy because we're familiar with sadness, right? We're so used to sadness being all around us and, and being a part of our everyday lives, and we just want some joy just for a little bit, right? Maybe we want peace because we're so often in conflict with the people around us, with even ourselves. We've got issues that happens inside of us, and, and, and so maybe for us, we want to celebrate the gift of baby Jesus because of he's the gift we so desperately need. You see, at Christmas time, sometimes our plans go badly. Sometimes things get broken, and the relationships that we have get damaged. See, that's the human condition. When humans mess up and, and make mistakes, here's what happens is we start to hold that against one another, right? Sometimes um, we, we, we start to, to not favor the people around us. Sometimes, you know, let's really be honest. Sometimes somebody does something to you, and it's so bad that you don't want to have anything else to do with them. And it really hurts us because of what they've done, this brokenness inside of us. And and here's what Scripture calls brokenness. Brokenness is called sin in Scripture. And sin is anything less than God's best. Sin is something that we do by choice. It's something that we've chosen to do. And, And sin typically is us being selfish and choosing what we want more than what God wants inside of us. And that's why baby Jesus actually had to come. So why am I going to talk about sin here at Christmas time? Well, I'm glad you guys asked that question or at least thought it, right? So last week when we started studying this, we started to study that this season we're in right now, the season leading up to Christmas as we prepare for it is called Advent, right? It's called um, just a time where we focus on Jesus coming, reflecting on God's plans for the world. And so last week we saw that God's plans are good. Right? We saw he's always been up to something to restore the brokenness that we have in this world, to clean up the messes that we've left, to heal the wounds that we've given ourselves and each other. And Christmas was a huge part of that plan. You see, last week we saw that some of God's plan was for humanity, well, it took time. The people had to wait for it to actually happen. 
And what happened was this. It started in Genesis with a promise of a child who would come one day to defeat sin forever. And then over a span of a thousand years, God left more clues about what was going to come. King David learned that the coming king would come from his line. Then the prophet Jeremiah said, the Savior is still on his way. God's promise is still good. So today what I want to do is I want to do like what we did last week. I want to start in the Old Testament, and I want to take us to the New Testament. And this prophet today we're going to look at is Malachi, right? And Malachi, if you've ever read this book, it's actually the last uh, book in the Bible before you get to the New Testament. It's four chapters long. It's a really great read if you want to take some time. I spent time earlier this week, and I read through it all, and I absolutely love it. And so today what I want to do is I want us to read what Malachi had to say to the people before Jesus came. So check this out. Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And it says this. Look, I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come into his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand face to face with him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. Okay, those are some strong words. Right? And, and realistically, without you guys going through and reading all of Malachi, which I really recommend you do it, it's going to take you roughly, I don't know, 30 minutes tops to read through all four chapters. You're going to get to learn a lot about what's happening in Israel at this time. You're going to learn a lot about what's happening with God's chosen people. You see, they were actually surrounded. They, they had been overtaken and taken into captivity. And, and they were wondering, God, are you ever going to come through? Are you ever going to fulfill the promises? Their hope was down. You can understand why. I mean, from last week, Jeremiah was the beginning of them being potentially attacked by Babylon. Now these guys have been um, in captivity for over 80 years. And, and they're just trying to figure out what's happening here. And so when Malachi writes this, he, he says, hey, guys, I want you to remember something. I want you to understand that God will send a messenger. Okay? We're going to dive into this here in just a minute. Then God will actually come. Okay? And God will come to refine us, to cleanse us from the sin that we had. So as you think about this, as you look at this, what right is right behind me, there's this prophet, and then God goes silent for like three to 400 years. That's a long time. That's like four lifetimes, right, at a minimum. And so you've got to be thinking, if these people are thinking this way, they've got to be wondering, God, where are you? What's up with that messenger guy? And who's going to do my laundry? Right? There's these questions we have. And so flip over to Mark. Mark chapter 1. We see the first answer from Malachi being answered here. Mark chapter 1, starting in verse number 1. We're going to see this right here today. I'm going to let the guys in the back control the slides as I, as I read through this. It says this. This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Check this out. There's a key phrase right here in this next part. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness, and he preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judah including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they had confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. 
His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, just for a second. Just for a second. I know this is hard for us, you know, like where we're at in our life right now. But can you imagine that God hasn't spoken for over 400 years? You've got this promise. And one day this, this, this promise is going to be fulfilled. And one day this messenger is going to come. He's going to come before God comes. And this messenger, he's going to have a message about God. And that's exactly what John is saying. Repent. Be baptized. Turn away from your sin. Stop doing what you're doing, guys. You need to look at Jesus. And it says that people from all over came to see John. People from all over wanted to see what was going on. So... Who was John the Baptist? Well, I found a picture of him. This is pretty much what he looked like. I'm kidding when I put that up there, okay? You guys can laugh a little bit, okay? Simply this, though. Look, John the Baptist was kind of a weird guy, right? When, when you start to look at him, like, like John the Baptist, um, he, he lived, uh, you know, an open lifestyle out in the desert, right? He wore a wardrobe of camel hair. He liked eating bugs and honey. Sounds disgusting, right? You know, just typical prophet stuff. Despite his odd persona, though, John's mission and his message was perfectly clear. He knew that his job was to prepare people to meet Jesus. He had three jobs. Point people to Jesus was his number one job. His primary role was to announce the best part of God's plan was coming, and it wasn't him. Now, the people wanted it to be John. They wanted John to be the Messiah, but John knew that wasn't him. And John knew his next point was this. He was to call people to change. John called anyone who would listen to change their hearts and lives because God was on the way. John knew that following God had the power to transform us from the inside out. And that's still true for us here today. Then John had one final thing. He invited people to be baptized. As an outward sign of an internal commitment to transformation, John baptized people with water to show that they had died to their old life and they were beginning a new life in God. That's why we baptize still here today, because we have died to our old self and we're being awakened in Jesus. I absolutely love this. You see, God's people, they were waiting so long for a time for God's plan to be complete. They were so eager to meet the Savior that God had promised that they wanted John to be that answer. But John knew he wasn't the last piece in God's puzzle. He knew his role was to point them to the one who was. And so when Jesus actually finally began his ministry, it says this, that John saw Jesus coming down to the water, and John points to him, and he says, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John gets excited, right? Unlike the kid in our video earlier, Mike wasn't Jesus' cousin. I mean, it's possible he had a mic in his family, but that's not who they were asking about. John was actually Jesus' cousin. And so here's kind of what I know. In case you need any more help to see what our sin has to do with Christmas, look at what the angel told Mary and Joseph, the early parents of Jesus, when they found out they were going to have a baby. 
You see, John said, hey, you need to repent of your sin and be baptized. You need to have this taken away from you. And that's why Jesus came. Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 23 says this. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, the Christmas story is a story of joy, peace, and celebration. Not in spite of our brokenness and sin, but exactly because of it. Jesus came to this earth on the very first Christmas, not so we could have a fun gift holiday exchange, but because we desperately needed to be rescued from our brokenness. God had this plan to restore us from the beginning, from the Garden of Eden. He had done this. He had started it back then, but he had taken till this time to complete this plan. You see, Christmas celebrates the long-awaited coming of Jesus, God himself, who came to take away the sins of the world. I love the last part of that part right there. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus took on flesh to be like us, to be with us, to walk with us, to do life with us. But he didn't sin like we did. So he could be the perfect sacrifice for us. And the reason he did that is simple. It's because Jesus completes God's plan. That's it, guys. That's my big point today. Jesus completes God's plan. Jesus is God. Himself, he comes to this earth. He's God with us. Just like the prophets prophesied so long ago, God was on the way. And when he finally arrived, he chose to not show up as a conquering king. Instead, he showed up as a little baby named Jesus. The Bible tells us Christmas is a day to celebrate the coming of a Savior who would take away the sins of this world. You see, here's the big point. Jesus came to restore the brokenness and to take away the sins of everyone who has ever lived. That's me, that's you. You see, the reason he came was so that we could have a right relationship with God. And for Jesus to be willing to come and die a hard, terrible death on that cross, it should show us how much God truly loves us. Even from the earliest of days, Jesus knew that he was going to be uh, persecuted. He knew that he was going to give away his life, but he was willing to do that. He was willing to go all the way through and die on that cross so that you and I can have a right relationship with God. And so as we get ready to exchange gifts, as we get ready to uh, truly uh, celebrate Christmas for everything it's worth, today what I want to do is I want to encourage you guys to examine your life. To think about, has there ever been a moment in your life right now where you've accepted the love of Jesus Christ? Where you've accepted God's love? That you've accepted his plan? Has there ever been a moment where you've actually started to, let's just say, embrace this? To embrace God's plan for you? Have you put your trust, your hope in Jesus Christ? Or do you think that the good things you do will be enough to get you to heaven? Because the truth is, is they won't. 
It doesn't matter. If you sin once, it means you're guilty of all sins. And God says that for sin, the punishment for sin, even if it's just one sin, is death. It's eternal separation from God. That's something every single one of us has to deal with in here, in this room. The only way to get rid of that is to ask God for forgiveness that is available through Jesus' death on the cross. So when it comes to this Christmas season, what's your life like with God? What's your life like with, with the Holy One, the one who came to forgive you of your sins? Maybe for you in the room right now, you're actually a Christian. You believe this, right? Like you've asked God to come into your heart, but maybe you've been walking away from this. Or maybe it's not that you're walking away from it. Maybe you're actually just kind of, hey, I did that already. It's just checked off my list right now. That's not what God calls you to do. No, God calls you to actually step up and to do something more with this. God calls you to have a true relationship with him, one where you're trying to seek him daily. Now, let me be honest. Are you going to read the Bible for an hour and pray an hour each day? Probably not. But God does want to talk to you. He does want to spend time with you. And he asks that you spend time with him if you're a believer of his. So how are you doing during this Christmas season? How are you doing at spending time with the God of this whole universe who desperately loves you? Only you can answer that question. You see, I love this today because it tells me this. God's original plan for us in the world was really good. But sin damaged our relationships with God and with each other. God always had a plan to bring it back, and that plan was always good. His plan rights our wrongs. It brings healing and hope to our catastrophes. It restores our relationships with God. It's this plan we celebrate every Christmas. So today what I want to do is we get ready to get out of here is, is I want to just take a minute. I want to let you do some business with God. So I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads, close their eyes, and just take a minute. And I don't know where you are right now in your spiritual walk. Maybe you don't have a spiritual walk. Maybe you have a spiritual walk, but you haven't been following it. Maybe you have a spiritual walk, and, and the truth is, is that you need to grow a little bit more in it. Right now, I just want to invite you to take a minute and just talk with God. You see, I've said a lot today, but the biggest thing I can tell you is that Jesus completes God's plan. The biggest thing I can tell you right now is that, is that we all need to accept God's gift of forgiveness that is available through Jesus. And if you've never accepted the fact that you're a sinner and you've never turned your life over to God, well, it's really simple for you to do that. It's got to be something that you want to do, though, but, but it's a chance for you to actually take a minute and to tell God, hey, I'm messed up. I need you. And so if that's you in the room today, I'm going to say a prayer. You can say it after me in your heart, and, and, and you can start a right relationship with God right here today. But it's got to be because you want it, not because of what I've said or anything like that. If that's you today, just say something like this. Dear God. I know my sins have broken my relationship with you, and there's nothing that I could do to ever change that. But right now, I believe that Jesus died in my place and rose again from the dead. I trust in him to forgive me of my sins. And through faith in Jesus, I'm entering a restored relationship with you. Thank you for this free gift. Now, with nobody looking around right now, maybe for the first time in here, you just accepted Christ into your heart. You just accepted God to forgive you of your sins. 
If that's you, nobody's looking. I just want you to slip your hand above your head. All right, if that's you, just slip that hand up high above your head so I see it, and then nobody else looks around. Perfect. All right? Maybe for you guys, you're struggling. Maybe you haven't been living out your faith. What if this Christmas season we got real about our faith? For you, I just want to invite you to say a prayer, something like this. God, I'm sorry that I haven't been spending the time with you that I need to. God, I'm sorry that, that, that I haven't stepped up the way I need to. God, let me chase after you with everything I have. Let me pray for you guys, and we're going to get out of here. <clears throat> God, I say thank you for this day. Thank you for being a God with us, Emmanuel. Thank you for stepping out of heaven, Lord, the comforts of heaven, and, and coming down and being a part of this world, but God, not being of this world, and God, showing us how to live a life that God honors you. Father, right now, I just pray that, Lord, we will understand that you've always had a plan for us, and your plan has always been good. It takes away our sin, and we're so thankful for what you've done. And so, Father, right now for the students in this room, I pray that, Lord, you will call them close to you during this Christmas season, that, God, they will really, truly, honestly see that Jesus is the reason for this season. The gifts may be great, but, God, we want to know you better. So, God, burden our hearts to know you. Burden our hearts to share with those around us this great news that we have inside of us. So, God, I thank you for that. Lord, for the students in this room who are hurting right now, Lord, the students in here who will just struggle through this Christmas time, Lord, with their family, God, I just pray that, Lord, you will just give them peace during this season. Lord, we love you. We say thank you. Lord, be with us as we go our separate ways. Amen. All right, guys, you can get out of here. We'll see you Wednesday night for our Christmas party. Um, come on out, 7 to 8.30. We'll party it up from 7 to 8 and have some free time at the end. We'll see you then.